Let each generation, let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. I will meditate on your majestic, glorious splendor and your wonderful miracles. Your awe-inspiring deeds will be on every tongue. I will proclaim your greatness. Everyone will share the story of your wonderful goodness. They will sing with joy about your righteousness. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Tell me the stories of Jesus. Write on my heart every word. We shared a lot of the stories this week with a lot of little ones who had a wonderful time at the end of it. You saw hyped up kids and drained out adults, but it was awesome. Every night, that kind of tired that you feel good after. That kind of tired where you know you've done something. And trust me, VBS was quite a bit of effort. There was a lot of decoration, a lot of teaching, a lot of effort put in to doing this ministry and turning Concord United Methodist Church into Hero Central. And obviously, uh, the attire was unusual. Mark, I love the yellow cape and the green shorts. That's just awesome, my brother in Christ. We had Gotham City set down here in the front, Hero Central with a sort of a back cave behind it. Flame would come and appear every so often out of the sparkly window. And we had kids. We had a lot of kids. We had whole heaps of kids. And they all had a lot of energy. And we had a great time. And we had some wonderful events that were a part of it. Yes, on the right-hand side, you see Jay who came and showed us uh, how real-life heroes do things. And that is Mark that is now dressed up as a firefighter. And also the food, yet yeah, the food was amazing because everything was themed. I think I drank a little too much Incredible Hulk juice or something like that. Didn't hulk me up, kind of bulk me up, but it was really a good, wonderful, fun thing. And of course, at the end of it, there was that. Now, I want you to notice how well photographed and recorded this was. As a matter of fact, I understand that it was streamed live on Facebook. And at least one person here watched the live stream of what happened. Um, I noticed that here is Mary just smiling proudly because, you know, she got to put this whole thing together. But And all of the kids here, they're really into it. And trust me, they were squealing immediately after as I started to get up and go after them. But it was it was an awesome time. But I want you to notice right over here, this is my wife with her arm raised in victory as her husband has all of this slime poured all over me. Uh, I saw mom later in the week and she said, oh, honey, they shouldn't do that to you. And mom, you're the only one who said that. I love you. But what were we doing all of that for? All of it. 
all of the effort, all of the work, all of the thing, all of the extra hours spent here. Now there is an often used phrase. I think it's overused to the point that sometimes it grates on my ears just a little. Have you ever heard the phrase, well, maybe you planted a seed? Have you heard that one? Maybe you've said that one. After a while, it gets a little bit too trite, but if you go back to 1 Corinthians 3, uh, verses 6 through 8, it reads this way. I planted the seed in your hearts, Paul, and Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow because the one who plants and the one who waters work together for the same purpose, and both will be rewarded for their hard work. Now see, here's the thing. I know on the Sunday after VBS, you're like, will any of the kids show up? And most of the time, nope. But that's okay, because it wasn't about now. It was about what happened back then and what harvest that we'll have in the future. Because our seeds, and if you think of, well, what are these seeds? There's, you can think of it in at least this way. First of all, the holy actions done in Christ's name. I've said that very specifically. Those things that are done in Christ's name that are holy, that are righteous, that are full of the Spirit, and that stick in the memories of these kids and their parents. And also, these seeds are the stories of the good news of God's love in Christ. And these are the Old Testament stories, the New Testament stories, the stories that have come afterwards, maybe your own personal stories or testimonies. These are the things which we are planting in the hearts of these kids. And as a matter of fact, the things which we are planting in our hearts as well, because again, in a very real way, the purpose of church can be stated this way. Filling ourselves with sacred stories to the extent that we have the mind of Christ. Remember that? Paul saying, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Also, preparing ourselves for and facilitating ministries of service so that we act as the body of Christ in this world. We're to be the body of Christ filled with the mind of Christ, all the while praising and worshiping, in other words, loving God which culminates in that great day in which we will all rest from our labors and worship, love God in His very presence. And today, in honor of VBS and those seed planting times, let's go back to those basics. We have sung our songs. We have confessed our faith. We have worshiped God already. Some of us are worshiping God kinetically as they jump. This ha- If someone's listening to this podcast, they're going to go, what? I thought that was a Methodist church. In our participation and donation, we have also served. That's one way that we participate in service. Not the only way, definitely. But anyway, so now at this time, which is usually the worshiping teaching moment, 
Let's share just a few of these stories that maybe we have heard before, but maybe it would be good to pause and slow down and look at them again, because honestly, that's what we are told to do over and over and over with that intention of shaping our minds and hearts into the image of Christ. So if it's all right, I want to share with you one life story, one short story, and one parable, and maybe some ways that we can read them. Because with every story, every teaching in Scripture, we're not specifically the stories, we're not just called to look for the abstract in it. We're not just called to say, okay, here's the story, here's what Jesus did, but these are the words that he taught. We're also supposed to look at it and place ourselves in it and see ourselves in the people of the stories if we are going to get the full impact of these stories, which also happen to be true events. So for the first life story, Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. That was a life. To be called by God around 4,000 years ago. To leave his homeland in Ur, this land that would later be part of the Babylonian Empire. Because nothing's by chance came out of Babylon, went into Canaan. Eventually the Jewish people were taken into Babylon and came back. And then Jesus went down to Egypt and came back. God is teaching in these stories. Called by God 4,000 years ago to leave his homeland and all of its false gods and undertake a journey of around eight hundred miles on foot, on camelback, donkey back, carrying his family, all of their possessions, all of their servants, his nephew Lot, his family, his possessions, making this trek where the maximum they could go, the maximum they could go would be 20 miles a day, making an 800 mile trip. Because of the sense of calling of one man at the forefront and his and his wife's determination to live out that call. I said one man, that's because of the history. It could have been a woman. There's plenty of places. So ladies, I'm trying to recover some of the ground Marty might have lost. I'm just saying. I love you, brother. Here's my question. Have you ever had a vision or felt a call or knew that something needed to be done and others just could not see it? Abraham took his wife, his possessions, all of his servants, the family, his family, Lot's family went with him. Have you ever been asked by God to trust in a vision that is not necessarily yours? Praying that God is in it. Abraham was promised to be the father of many nations. But if you remember the story, at one point he and Sarah, Sarah at the time, gave up and hatched their own plan. 
with Sarah's servant Hagar and the resultant son Ishmael being produced, who was the father, according to the scripture, of the Arab nations and all of the resultant conflict. So let me ask, have you ever struggled to trust God or tried to fulfill God's promises by helping them along a little bit? Maybe this is what God meant. Maybe this is what I should do. But you kind of know that no, God wouldn't want something done this way. But you press ahead and then eventually are reminded that you should I should have trusted God more to begin with. I'm saying you, I'm going to change it to I. Abraham and Lot later parted ways. And Lot took advantage of Abraham. He took the better fields. Have I ever been taken advantage of by someone else I was being nice to? Or the more difficult question, have I ever done the cool, calculating, prudent thing and taken advantage of another's good nature. Are you looking out for number one, the book would say. Yet Abraham argued with God to preserve Lot's life on the eve of God's judgment on Sodom and Gomorrah. Have I been faithful to pray for a friend whom I feel betrayed me or hurt me? who I'm struggling to still think of them as friend. Eventually, Isaac, the son of the promise, is born, and then Ishmael and Hagar are cast out. Have I ever been betrayed? Have I felt like Hagar, who did the will of the people in charge of me, and then for just doing that, I am cast out? Or worse, have I been the one who's taken it out on someone who is trying to do their best? And then finally, that part of the story that maybe comes first to mind. God tests Abraham with the near sacrifice of Isaac, prefiguring Christ in this way, but also making it clear to the Israelites that you're in a land where people perform child sacrifices all the time. Not you. Each life is precious. Have I trusted God when it seems that the promises that he have that he has made that he had made to me were not going to be fulfilled have i trusted him even when i've trusted him before and it seems like it did not turn out the way i thought it should have i trusted god in times when i was disappointed with him Have I taken Abraham's story and the experiences he had and the people around him, have I seen myself in them? Well, how about this story? This is a really good classic vacation Bible school. David and Goliath. 
During the time of King Saul, this is the short story. We'll see how short a preacher can make it. After David's secret anointing by Samuel, the Philistine army challenged Israel. And their champion, Goliath, mocked the Israelites and offered himself in single combat. He was between, the different translations say, Seven and ten feet tall. Some people would say ten feet tall, that's not realistic. Okay, how about seven feet? Back in those days, where I would have been considered tall at five and a half. Well, five, five and a half. That's close enough, isn't it? You gotta, you gotta round up when you're on the short side. I know how we interpret this usually, so I'll just ask. When was the last time you faced a giant? An impossible task that you did not think you had the strength for. (sighs) Have you had days, I've had days, when even each day itself seems like a giant that you have to endure? You know, David was sent by his father, not for what he would do, but he was sent by his father to the front to bring supplies to his three brothers who were serving in the army and some extra supplies to the army itself. And he could not believe that Goliath was yelling all of these challenges. And no one was facing him. And he kept asking about it and asking and he couldn't believe it. And eventually his brothers found him annoying. What are you doing here, pipsqueak? Loose, loose translation. Might be better to say, what are you doing here, brat? And David's saying, what have I done now? Oh my goodness, that sounds so... So that sounds so now, doesn't it? Have I ever, have you ever seen something that others have missed that seems so clear, but just not to everyone else? Have I been the one to be impatient with others at times? David offered to fight. And guess what? King Saul was like, are you serious? Yes. Okay, nice knowing you. Uh, Bring my armor. What did he do? Started weighing little David down with the king's armor. The weight was too much for David, so he said, no, I can't use this. This is the way you would do it. I'm doing it a different way. Question, have I or you ever been weighed down by the expectations of others of how things should be done? Am I talking to church? Yes. Have we ever been tempted to say, but this is the way we've always done it. Oh my goodness, read that story about David and Goliath and read Saul. And then David stands before Goliath. A sling, three smooth stones. You've come to me with a sword, a spear, a javelin. I come to you in the name of the Lord of all of heaven's armies. One slingshot, only one stone was used and right in Goliath's forehead and that was all it took. In a moment of crisis, have I trusted God and been delivered? 
Or have I been one of those watching on the sidelines and saying, wow, if I just trusted God, that could have been me. And Israel is victorious, but Saul would soon become jealous of David, even to the point of trying to kill him. Have I ever done the right thing? Have you ever won a victory? And have we been punished for doing the good, the best, and the right? Now a parable. An expert in the religious law wanted to justify himself, so he asked how one could be right. So, well, how do you think, Jesus said? Well, you love God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said, you got it. Okay, but Jesus, um, who would you consider my neighbor? So he's trying to rationalize his behavior and judge himself and trying to make sure the Bible even said that he wanted to justify himself, wanted to convince himself that he was as good as he thought he was because surely the people who are my neighbors are just the ones near me, not these other ones. Have I ever rationalized my behavior? Wait a minute. Yeah. Am I human? (laughs) Are we all? And Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, left him half dead beside the road. Question, have you ever been beaten up by life? Have you ever been dying and you've been just thirsty for someone to notice your pain? By chance, a priest came along, but when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. He's probably dead. I've got important places to be. I can't be ceremonially unclean by getting too close to him. Then a temple assistant, a Levite, also came by. He actually walked over, looked at him. Yeah, I think he's dead. Then he went to the other side. At least he came and looked, but he still didn't do anything. And he walked by. Have I seen others ignore my pain? Have I been too busy at times to see the pain that others are going through? Then, a despised Samaritan. In your mind, think, a Palestinian, think someone who would be a, an enemy, came along. And when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn while he walked. You see what he did there? Where he took care of him, he stayed at the inn with him, continued to be his caregiver. The next day he gave the innkeeper two days wages and said, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I will pay you the next time I'm here. Question, have I been extravagant in my mercy and grace to others? To give them mercy and grace over and beyond, just like God has given it to me. 
last part of this story. Now, Jesus asked, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits? And the man replied, yeah, you got me. (laughs) Well, we don't know that he said that, but he replied, the one who showed him mercy. And then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. Have I heard the words of Jesus? Have I let them change me? Now you see how in all of these stories, it comes down to that. Have I heard? Do I let it change me? In all of these stories, we read through them and we are invited to imagine ourselves like with the story of David. Am I David there before the giant? Is the giant the problem and I have to trust God because the tools at hand seem insufficient? Or am I the one standing on the sideline looking at him and saying, I wouldn't have the guts to do that. Oh man, I should have been the one to do that. Or maybe King Saul loading David down with burdens he doesn't need. Or maybe even Goliath being so, so, so arrogant and confident. Yeah, it's in the bag. Trusting in his own strength. And not accounting for God's. That is part of what we are supposed to do. And maybe you're thinking, wow, preacher, I could have done that. I could have read the stories and placed my... Well, see, that's the point. That's what we're supposed to do. Continually. We're supposed to come and have seeds of His mercy and grace in His stories and actions that glorify Him implanted in our hearts. But we're also supposed to be planting them within us ourselves. And not just on Sunday or during VBS. You know, someone once said that we are the sum of what we've done. (laughs) Basically, our memories. Now, we're definitely more than that, but there is something to learn here about the Gospel if it is our memories that shape us, and our memories are basically the pieces of our story, then taking God's stories into our heart shapes us into reflections of God. And yes, that is why all of us preachers are always saying, you got to read your Bible. I'll even go this far. You need to tell the little ones bedtime stories and not just your stories, but also the stories that you've read and made a part of yours. It's worth the effort. Because it makes you remember who God is. You know, after reading all of these stories, it... This reminds me of a story, or maybe a song. (laughs) I couldn't get this off my mind. Oh, what I would do to have the kind of strength it takes to stand before a giant. 
with nothing but a sling and a stone surrounded by the sound of a thousand warriors shaking in their armor wishing they had had the strength to stand but the giant's calling out my name and he laughs at me reminding me of all the times i've tried before and failed the giant keeps on telling me time and time again boy you'll never win no you'll never win but the voice of truth tells me a different story the voice of truth says do not be afraid and the voice of truth says this is for my glory out of all the voices calling out to me i will choose to listen and believe the voice of truth that making his story ours that's a big part of what it's all about dear lord implant your words your stories in our hearts let the mind of christ and his heart for others be within us let us be through the change you make in us the body of christ his hands and feet for this world that needs so much to see him in whose name we pray amen and amen